हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट 22 माइग्रेशन एंड डेवलपमेंट एंड आवर टॉपिक इज माइग्रेशन एंड ओवर अर्बनाइजेशन अ मेजर कॉन्सिक्वेंस ऑफ रूरल अर्बन माइग्रेशन इज ओवर अर्बनाइजेशन ओवर अर्बनाइजेशन इन्वॉल्व्स बोथ the sheer growth of the proportion of a national population living in cities as well as the concentration of the population in particular cities to the extent that the rural urban migration leads to a misallocation of labor between the rural and urban sectors and increases the cost of providing for a country's growing population over urbanization remains a problem it used to be assumed in overpopulated countries like india pakistan bangladesh and egypt and in much of latin america that the marginal productivity of the rural urban labor is zero but in rural areas where uncultivated land is still available and where institutional restraints on the intensification of farming can be overcome rural urban migration does not entail a loss of potential agricultural output it should also be remembered that a large proportion of the rural population is engaged in full time or part time non farming activities labor utilization by farm families is high the inefficiencies of current rural urban migration patterns is the result of the loss of potential rural output and the inability of cities to full employ their existing labor force to productive ends there is a tension between individual and national interests in the problem of over urbanization despite the inefficiencies at the aggregate or national level at the individual level most migrant report that they are motivated to move for economic reasons and that they have improved their conditions for individual rural dwellers migration may be a rational response to economic realities and it is not so easy to dismiss the advantages to be gained from the move but what about the increasing pull on urban resources and amenities by the migrants from the point of view of the state and what are developing states themselves contributing to the problem national policies on indeed contribute to over urbanization where severe imbalances in the income earning opportunities exist between city and countryside people are forced to live in search of urban jobs 
national policies bringing this about include institutionally reset minimal urban wage policies, overvalued foreign exchange rates that lower the price of capital below its real value, per capita disproportionate provision of urban services, secured public investment and tax programs that provide incentives for both domestic and foreign investors to locate in major urban areas and transportation networks that center on the metropolis and its immediate surrounding areas to the neglect of the hinterland. Government policies need to create a more viable balance between the rural and urban economic opportunities by stressing a realistic combination of rural development and dispersed urbanization strategies. Specific short, medium and long term policy tools are available to accomplish this goal. Short term policies may include the generating of rural employment and related income earning opportunities as well as modifying and rationalizing the pattern of internal migration. This could be done with the help of rural public works programs for the landless, unskilled and semi-skilled farm price supports including crop insurance schemes, guarantees and less overvalued exchange rates to promote agricultural exports, supervised credit programs for small farmers including the introduction of locally adapted agricultural inputs and extension services a freeze on urban real wage rates, particularly in public sector, either through a modification of civil service salary scales or by letting urban prices and tax accelerate disproportionately to rural prices and taxes. Explorations of feasibility of utilizing labor exchanges and employment information systems in rural areas in an attempt to match urban employment opportunities with both urban and rural job seekers. Over the medium term and more fundamental institutional and structural changes have to be initiated. These would include a major recording of development priorities in which comprehensive rural development assumes greater importance along with the articulation of the dispersed urbanization strategy that emphasizes the development of market towns, rural service centers and small regional cities. The objective is to create a hierarchy of small towns and service centers that give rural populations access to a wider range of producers and consumer goods 
expanded markets to counter the current control of local monopoly powers and wider range of investment and employment opportunities to strengthen agricultural development. Long-term policies to address over-urbanization would begin with a land reform supported by appropriate national policies. Why do landless laborers or urban migrants come into being? It is because the potential advantages of new high-yielding cereal varieties are turned to the exclusive use of the already prosperous. New agricultural technologies are neutral, that is, they are equally effective on small and large plots, but are typically not institutionally neutral, that is, larger more wealthy farmers have greater institutional and political access to credit, extension services and other input necessary to realize the potential of a new technologies. Land reforms properly initiated should be a vehicle for redistribution of rural assets and incoming earning opportunities and also a means for increasing productivity. Land reforms to work must be but rest to supportive policies that extend the availability of credit, improve input supply, expand research and extension services and build new storage and marketing facilities. The process of dispersed urbanization through new town development and the strengthening of existing rural services centers has to be backed up by providing incentives for investors to locate their activities in dispersed urban locals and by redirecting public expenditure programs to create new non-agricultural job opportunities. Public policy has promoted more capital intensive production technologies than might have been used if relative factor prices are a more accurate reflection of relative factor scarcities. Rural and urban production processes have become more capital intensive despite the obvious resource cost and foreign exchange burdens of this process. This disparity must be addressed. The World Bank notes that policies to halt over urbanization have largely failed and economists indeed predicted this some decades ago. Efforts to force populations to move and unlikely to work and government have shown little real will to change urban bias policies to get at the root of the problem. The role of public policy is certainly by a number of factors, 
the impact of direct public policies on over urbanization is important but is overshadowed by the consequences of larger policy shifts taking place across the world some economists are skeptical of the ability of the public policy to influence over urbanization and say that it might end up reducing welfare especially of the poor and middle classes their conviction however that most policy makers remain profoundly unaware of the impact of the specific economic policies on population shift remains a continuing challenge skeptical economists hold that in contrast to the direct intervention favored by governments before the 1970s the new orthodoxy of liberalization including balanced budgets removal of subsidies and tariffs privatization of government enterprises and the development of legal institutions and property rights which enable free and competitive market to function more efficiently has greater impact on rural urban migration than the smaller scale policy shifts aimed to directly affect this problem skeptics are doubtful of interventions on other scores governments may not be motivated enough to curb urban growth when urban jobs are growing rapidly when foreign investment is high so that public investment in infrastructure does not mean an end to industrial capital accumulation when economic growth is sufficiently rapid to provide government with the resources it needs to make key infrastructure investments and when agricultural development results in the rapid growth of smaller cities and towns which serve as marketing depot and commercial centers for an increasingly prosperous countryside where rural education is advanced so that the urban migration does not result in a flood of unskilled laborers the whole issue is of minor importance to the government ironically successful agricultural growth may itself be a contributor to rural urban migration the idea of establishing secondary cities is sound but it faces the challenge of infrastructure expenses under conditions of severely strained national budgets there is also the paradox that repressed agricultural prices might not necessarily lead to the sustained urban growth since low agricultural prices diminish foreign exchange earnings which are essential for the city growth 
The structural adjustment programs of the IMF is likely to reduce rural urban migration because of devaluation, reductions in government budget deficits, reduction in money supply growth, wages and employment declines in urban areas, the tightening of state enterprises budgets and in general reduction of their other form of rent sharing and rent seeking behavior. Nevertheless, government has a distinct role to play in curbing the rural urban disequilibrium from further intensifying. There are obvious psychological factors in the attraction of cities, but to compound that there should not be the push factor that results from low level of investment in agriculture. Urban infrastructure has tended to receive disproportionate emphasis. When it comes to the education, the countryside has been relatively ignored. The disparity between the wage levels in the rural and urban areas is a problem that has to be addressed by targeted policies, leaving the problem of over-urbanization mostly to market force is not likely to result in a return to equilibrium. Now let us sum up the unit. Migration is a complex phenomena. This unit attempts to explain the relationship between migration and development. To begin with causes for internal migration are listed out. The reasons for internal migration may be many, a gap in income between re reason location of a family network in town, availability of improved amenities, marriage, education or natural disasters. Higher wages implies a higher productivity and efficiency and a mobile labor force is an important ingredient in an enabling a more efficient production in an economy. Migration also affects the rate of savings and accumulation of economy and hence its growth. The internal migration in India has been dominated by short term ruler to ruler movement dominated by women while rural urban migration has increased since 1960s in India. Rural rural migration continues to dominate the migration system. The primacy of agricultural sector in India has tied the population to land. A long term urban world movement could occur only when the Indian economy develops an industrial base. Females dominate the ruler-ruler stream, migrating for marriage, but the ruler-urban and urban-urban streams are male-dominated, migrating for economic gains, though these figures too are slowly changing over the years. A major result of the rural urban movement is over-urbanization, 
while migration from rural to urban area may improve economic conditions, there is an increasing pull on the urban resources and amenities by migrants. Government policies thus need to create a more viable balance between rural and urban opportunities. Policy makers should be aware of the impact of the specific economic policies on population shifts, leaving the problem of urbanization to market forces is not a likely solution. Now let us wind up the session and we have come to the end of the unit. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with a self-learning podcast.